podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Hey, imagine if all your frustrations about advertising your business could be solved right now. You should know that podcast listeners are more engaged in higher converting than any other advertising medium. So try AdHub today and reap the rewards of Spreaker's self-advertising platform. It makes it as effortless as ever to be heard by thousands, regardless of the listening app they use. Visit Spreaker.com forward slash AdHub. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com forward slash AdHub and start using your advertising dollars in an impactful way. Last week, Ian was away. This week, Matt is away. And the reason he's away is he has his bosses over. And that means a piss up for a week. So I don't know. I'd love that sort of boss. So this week, I have Ian. I have Grizz and our friend from the Trippers, Jamie Holm. I'm going to get straight into this. Um, it's the game from yesterday. It's Burnley. Jamie, I'm going to come to you. It's it's a, it's a game early in the season. Um, a lot of people seem concerned. There's a couple of people going around saying, you know, ah, one of those days, different things like that. Other people are losing their mind altogether. How did you feel about yesterday overall? Uh, as as you um, as you usually know with me, lads, I always tend to try and see the positives in in these things. Um, I I'm disappointed in that the goal that we concede is completely avoidable. Um, I, I think that's where a lot of my frustrations come from from yesterday. Is just that. We've seen that happen before. We we don't let we don't make teams work hard to score against us, um, and it's just getting a little bit frustrating now because I think we're dropping points. That you know the the severe game we should never have dropped points there. Um, Burnley that game was there for the taking. We had a shed load of chances. Um, it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating that we always seem to have to score a couple of goals to win a game. Um, in terms of the reaction that we've seen online, it's the same as always. It's completely over the top, for, uh, in, in my opinion. I think we've lost a couple of games since, uh, since uh, yeah, I think it was March time. I think we've lost two games. Um, yes, it's disappointing that we've dropped points. But in the, the, the sort of grand scheme of things, there's a lot of positives to take from this football team. We create 
chances for fun. Um, when we're on it, I think we can beat any team in the league comfortably. Um, we're now in the situation where we're bringing arguably our best player back into the side in Phil Coutinho. Um, I'd be more concerned if we weren't creating chances, but the fact that we can create 30 chances at the weekend um, shows me that there's a lot of things to be positive about moving forward. Um, just as I said, just to, to, to tap into the, the only negative for me, it's the manner of the goal. So if you're looking at, and I don't mean to jump ahead here, but if you're looking at the goal itself, you know, why is Clavan stepping across? There's absolutely no need for him to do that. Robinson should have covered around a little bit quicker. This is real basic elements of football that, for me, should have been ironed out two, three seasons ago. That's just literally basic football. You get your position off where your other centre-back is and you hold your position. There's no need to go ball-watching and, 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 and moving over there. If Clavan holds his position, they don't get a free shot on goal um, and that totally changes the complexion of the game. You do not want to give a team like Burnley who can defend well uh, uh, something to defend. You know, you don't want to give them a goal head start because it's always going to be difficult to, as they've proved against Spurs and Chelsea. Um, so ultimately, um, you know, it's, I'm disappointed coming away from a game that we should have comfortably won. Um, but in terms of the, the, the bigger picture, I don't think there's anything to panic about just yet. Well, Jamie, you know what? Um... I'm I'm kind of like you. I'm I'm the eternal optimist with things, and you know I'm looking at the table today, and we're what five points off top after five games or whatever it is, and it, nothing kind of registers with me till about probably twelve or fifteen games in. Nearly when you played everyone once, um, but Ian, I come to you and James touched on a couple of things there. The goal is avoidable. We seem to give people goals. They don't make goals against us. We seem to create a lot of chances. Um, when, when you look at it, though, would you not be a little bit worried that, yeah, we are creating 30 chances, but we're not sticking them in the net? And to have somewhere in the region of, I think I seen a stat the other day saying somewhere in the region of 50 fucking odd shots in two games and we still draw two games. Is that not a bit worrying for you? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. I mean, a lot of the shots against Burnley today, were, I think Coutinho had about fucking 39 of them himself. Do you know what I mean? So, so that's just, it, it was almost the old Coutinho where he was trying too hard, I thought. So he, he, he wasted quite a few. But uh, nah, like Jay's saying there, if you create 30 chances a game, more often than not, you're going to score four goals, five goals, you know what I mean? But unfortunately for us, we seem to... It, this is like a, re- a recurring pattern, isn't it, with these type of teams at Anfield? It, it happens too often. Uh, I just don't... It, I, I, in front of our goal, I think we, we lack organisation. I, 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 they're probably trained within an inch of the lives on the training pitch. Do you know what I mean? But when it gets on the pitch, there's no one who, who grabs the defence by the balls and says, like Carragher used to do, do you know what I mean? Screaming at Enrique all the time. Fucking get your ass back here, that type of thing. There's no one who stands up and takes, takes charge. Do you know what That's it is, though, Ian? If, do you know why, if, even if we are being drilled, uh, uh, you know, um, in training by clock, we're defending against ourselves, so we probably fucking look great because we're we're completely and utterly blunt when attacking the ball in the box. Do you know what I mean? Yes. We we, we, yes. we don't threat at all, so we probably come away from training sessions thinking, "Wow, we were fucking great today." They didn't get a sniff from any of those set plays, but it's as I said. I mean, it's it's against us, so it's probably nothing to to go off. You know what I mean? 
I, I, I think uh, mentality is massive in football, and I think both ourselves and the opposition. So for ourselves, I, I think we start to panic. Like 25 minutes to go, and we're shooting from 30 yards. Coutinho was shooting from 30 yards with his left foot. We just need a bit more patience, do you know what I mean? It's, an off, it's like a third of the game to go. Just work it about, try something different. We don't see our in-game management's really poor, I think. And then defensively, you've got a team like Burnley, who they know, right? We can give them a gift us at least one goal at the moment. So they can just hang on in there and just think, right, we're going to get our goal, we're going to, or we're going to get a belter of a chance at least. So... In like the top top sides that like years ago, remember Arsenal that song one 0 to the Arsenal did score, and the opposition are just wilts because they think, "Wow, well, we're fucked now." Whereas with Liverpool, you just all you got to do is just bide your time, and you will get a chat a belter of a chance against us because we just we just repeat the same mistakes over and over, and that that's what frustrates me the most. Our, our play from back to front is excellent. The speed is just proper thrilling to watch. Do you know what I mean? The way Mo Salah's come in and just he's like he's been there for years. He, he's been a brilliant sign, do you know what I mean? But it's the same frustration. I can I can get some of the frustration on Twitter. I really can. The, the the levels of it are what make me laugh. Like, but yeah, it's it, it's frustrating. I, I I don't think storage is ever going to work on our side. Per, me personally, it. it I just don't rate him for Liverpool anymore, and that's mad. I really rate him as a player. I just don't. I think we lose something when he starts, unless we go with two up top. Uh, Firmino was non-existent out on the left. I'd rather play Firmino. I'd rather play. Uh, how much more effective did Dominic Solanke look when he come on? You know, it's the big fucking groch. Yeah, uh, it's 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 something that um, when you mention Solanke, it's. It always it almost makes you think of just going like for like against these teams and just saying okay you're playing four at the back and one off one up front and stuff like that we just go like for like against you forget all this midfield three and diamonds we just go we'll match it up and we we go from there um Grizz Ian's touched on something there about you know the air defence and and they're very quiet and there's no one commanding and it does play into against us it plays into their team's hands because I think we're really soft and I don't think anyone trusts the, per- the person next to them um, if you watch that yes, goal yesterday Matip is bullied it just shows him being soft and Clavin doesn't trust Matip to deal with the situation and tries to come across actually he doesn't try to come across he wanders into an area where he, he doesn't need to be but I'll go to the other end of the pitch um, we've touched on Coutinho's shots and you know, he's, he's blaming them from all over the shop. But did it not show a little bit yesterday that with Mane, yeah, we just lacked that final cutting edge where we, we do open a team up with two or three or four goals? Ian's made some belters, uh, uh, belter points. Most of them are all from me. He's copied me again. <laughs> Sturridge, Star, 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 okay. Sturridge, I personally was surprised. I thought Sturridge is going to get a run out in the Leicester game. In, in midweek, I thought maybe he'd go with the, especially with Mane being out. I thought he'd try to sort of uh, just replace, make as less changes as possible in the attacking lineup, and possibly just bring in Phil to replace Mane and keep it near enough light for like or maybe an ox. So with Sturridge starting, look, everyone, you you guys personally know my opinion on Sturridge. You know, I don't, don't think he's going to be a success under Klopp. 
it's not success under Liverpool. He's been fantastic for us. I just don't think his body can handle the sort of heavy metal football that Klopp wants from his players. He Klopp wants energy, intensity, you know, all the all all the all the attributes that Sturridge seems to, to the naked eye. You know, we're not going to go into the stats of it, but into the naked eye, it seems he seems to have lost all that intensity, that burst of pace, and everything. I was surprised with the lineup, to be honest with you, because I thought he'll, he'll probably just sort of get one more game out of them before resting the majority of them on on um, on Wednesday or Tuesday, whenever it is we play. I was more concerned with the Seville game than the Burnley game. Yes, as you guys have put. You know, the only frustrating thing is every team knows just to stick in there against us and you'll get a chance and you'll get a fucking good chance. You won't even get like a half a chance. You'll get one or two good, good chances. That's the only problem. With the attack, was it again one of those days? I mean, 35 shots to one, I think I read somewhere. That's ridiculous. And, you know, most more times... You know, in 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 a, in in a, in this game, if you create thirty five chances or have thirty five shots, then you know you're more likely to win, um, more likely to win games than draw or lose them. Some of them were good chances as well. I mean, Salah, as good as he's been, don't get me wrong, he has been brilliant for us so far. But imagine, you know, that final product, a final end ball hasn't been always always on point. Otherwise, he'd be in double figures by now. And that's some going after five games. But look, overall, the attack, I don't think, was a problem. It's just, we you know, the same old issues. You know what I've said about the back four as well. It's, it's the most quietest, the softest back four I can remember, uh, you know, since Liverpool, supporting Liverpool. And I've been supporting Liverpool since 85. You know, we've had bad centre-backs, but they've been loud bad centre-backs. Right? The likes of Ruddock, you know, he might not have been the best player, but he was an organiser and a shouter. If you notice, every dead ball situation, it's just communication. It's just commu- There was two free headers. Do you guys remember that? Two 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 corners in consecutive sort of uh, in in in, sec- in in consecutive corners, both same 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 situation. When no one's pulling everyone apart, and say, look, you get him, you get him, you get him. Simple as Jamie said, simple simple stuff that you'd think you know. It's 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 drilled to me into them in training, but for some reason it doesn't. It's not enforced on a, on a match day. That's do, the. Only do you know what I think it is, though, Chris? As well, and I and I totally agree. I don't think I don't think it's just down to the defense being um, not particularly vocal. I just think across the whole pitch, I think we're we're a little bit nice, and this sort of feeds into the fact that I don't think Hendo's a natural leader. Um, I don't think. Uh, Emre, you know, a lot of people are saying he, he's a, a leader. When Emre's on it, he's brilliant. When he's not, there's no point in being there. We need the type of people that enjoy defending. They enjoy being horrible, the dark arts, nicking a ball, pulling a shirt, making somebody feel uncomfortable. These are the type of players. And I know, you know, when I, when I used to play back in the day, it's it's very easy to fall into the trap where you lower yourself to the opposition's level. So, for example, you play against a Burnley, you know you don't need to be at 100% and you've probably still got enough to just get past them. Whereas if you play against a, a Chelsea, an Arsenal, a United, Liverpool never have a problem getting up for those games because they know they need to be at it. And when we're at it, we steamroll teams. 
But we always seem to have the problems against the teams where we're expected to beat them. And this is where I look at our team and I think, if we're having a bad 10 minutes, who's there giving the bollocking to make sure it stops at being a bad 10 minutes and then it becomes a good 80 minutes, for example? Do you know what I mean? We don't have that in force yeah, to, sh- to change a game. What I think, I think, what I think it is, is, is that, and I, I said this during the week, um, I think it might be in the WhatsApp group, that if you look at the second goal for Sevilla the other night, we're already thinking about attacking before we even look to defend that throw in. Mm. And we seem to have an ideal as to what way we want to play football. And we're really good at that ideal. But when it shifts away from that and you have to dig in, I don't think we have the players mentally or physically to do it. That's, that's just my opinion on it. We don't seem to be able to adapt ourselves for that five or ten minutes or in a one-off situation where we need to be physical and do things simple and just get rid of the ball. It just seems to be... We always seem to be thinking of that one step ahead, but it has to be an attacking kind of step rather than you know a defensive step to make sure we're more solid. That's, that's what I think it is. Do you know what I think? I, I think technically... I think we're fantastic at the board. Like you just said, I think mentally we're, we're abysmal. Mentally, we're very, very weak as the side. There's not, like Jay just said, there's not a leader in the side. Like, look back at the United side when they were, if they were getting turned over, and Roy Keane would just scare the shit out of his own players, you know, to like run about and press. We, we, don't, we don't have like a thug, so to speak, do you know what I mean? Someone who like, installs a bit of fear in, in his teammates. The one that you don't like, you know, when you used to play footy with him and you didn't like him, mm. but he got the best out of you because you didn't want to let him down, that sort of thing. We haven't got yeah. one of them. But what's more frustrating, right, is that our manager embodies that on the sideline. But we ha- he hasn't got... You know, like Ferguson had his sort of lieutenant on the pitch, right? He had his Roy Keane on the pitch. Our manager's bellowing and shouting on the sidelines, yes, do you think, this is just, I just thought about this as you guys were saying, because I agree with what you're saying, but, you know, do you think he's maybe dictating, maybe he's sort of, I don't know how to put this, but he's intimidating from the sidelines. We need someone on that pitch to do that. Do you get where I'm coming from? He hasn't got a lieutenant on the pitch. He's, he's, he's a point, did he appoint Hendo? No, Hendo was already captain, wasn't he, before he came? I think yeah, Hendo he was. was already captain, wasn't he? Yeah. See, Klopp hasn't got his lieutenant to say, look, grab this team, you know, by the throat and sort of, you know, tell them, pull them away. You know, he's doing that all from the sidelines, but it doesn't work yeah, from the Grace, sidelines. You need someone on the pitch to do that. Yeah, but Grace, you watched that game yesterday, okay? And if you look, um, for, we just take the goal in isolation, okay? Um, our, Trent is, is targeted because he's, he's not the biggest lad in the world. He wouldn't be brilliant early and he's targeted, okay? Um, Matip has pushed off the ball too easy Clavin is I don't know what he's doing um, Robertson could be given a little bit of you know an issue because he probably could have stepped in and tried to do something but if you take that game overall okay it's one instance in the whole game where we've not done something properly and it's costing us so as much as Klopp bellows and bellows and bellows 99% of that game yesterday was okay you know it's it's just that it's just one person doing some or a collection of people doing see today today wrong. see since that game or since sort of one of the you know 
there's always a topical debate, isn't there, online suddenly. And suddenly people have put, and I put, and I put a little poll out, suddenly people are starting questioning, is it the system or is it individuals that's causing these errors or is it a combination of both? I, See, like, you well, know, people are saying, people are saying, you know, people have said, we can bring in Beresi or Peak Maldini, but we will still be, you sort of, you know, dodgy in defence because of the way we're set up. See, I don't agree with that. I, I, I think there's elements of both. On, Sorry. I, I think there's elements of both, Chris. I, I, think, I think if you bring in better centre-backs than we have now, so, for example, you look at the decision that Clavan made to go over close to Matip and try and challenge for that ball as well, that is not a normal decision. It's got nothing to do with the system, yeah. Yeah, that's, that, that, that's not a normal decision. So, for me, that or the likes of Adejan Lovren who... Uh, tries to clear a ball and, and makes an absolute hash of it against Sevilla. These are the individual mistakes that if you have a higher quality defender, i.e. a Virgil van Dijk or, you know, you can name 10 defenders that are better than those on paper. Those mistakes are cut out. But where the system issue comes for me is um, when we attack. So I think I, I, I always remember Carragher played in a, uh, a pre-season friendly for us in Australia. Now, don't bear in mind, Carragher's 38, 39, so he was probably uh, probably knackered, and that was probably influencing his decision. But he remembers looking at the team, and it was pretty much the setup and the players we have now, and he was looking around when we were attacking, and everybody had pretty much deserted him. And he remembered thinking to himself, you know, don't forget, he was brought up on a Rafa Benitez team where it's tight, it's compact, you leave no spaces. He's looking at this going, bloody hell, out where, where are my teammates? How can I get these back in to defend in case there's a break? And that's where the system element comes into me. So, for example, we're looking to look for opportunities where we can counter-press, win the ball and get up quickly. And they can't catch us. To do that, it means that we leave our centre-backs exposed. So unless you have a centre-back in the ilk of a, um, of a Van Dijk, who's quick, he's powerful, he's strong in one-on-ones. He can get us out of the trouble that perhaps a Ragnar Klavan or a Matip or a Lovren can't because they're not built that way. So I think there's an element of, yes, any centre-back could help us improve those in-game decisions where we decide to push up onto a man or uh, we make an individual error. But will still fall into the same trap in a system if they're not a very specific type of centre-back. So I think that's where Klopp's saying, I have to get my centre-back for this system. And the individual errors that we're seeing, I can coach them out of those players in, in the short term. Yeah, no, that's not a bad point. But another one to look at as well is, if you look at the guy that scored the goal yesterday, um, Airfield, um, Realistically, he's Emre Jean's man. Um, he's, he's the guy playing off the front. Um, Jean is nowhere to be seen. And as much as Clavin and Matt, I don't know what they're fucking at, but your, your deepest line midfielder should be looking after that guy playing off the front, and he wasn't. But I think we all agree that they are just small mistakes that are being made. It could be a trust issue. It could be just, it could be just that's their level. And if they're pushed beyond that level, as as basic as it is, they can't handle it. And the centre back um, argument is going to rage on now in, into January anyway. And then 
that's where Grizz takes centre stage when 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 that fucking window opens again. Um, but look, I'm gonna pu- I'm gonna push John because um, we could talk all night about Burnley, but we leave it at that. I think between us all, you know, we're not going too over the top with the draw, and we'll take it on to next week. I think it's Leicester away in the league. But um, a question, a really important question has come in, Ian. I'm gonna come to you first. It's from Chris Tipton at Tippy SR. And he just wants to know, plain and simple, um, who's your favourite? Boy zone or take that? <laughs> uh, fucking hell. I heard uh, a rumour that you like the boys, don't you? Uh, I was more of a Westlife fan, to be <laughs> fair. Like, but if I had to pick out of those two, it would be, it's got to be take that on it. Take that, I've had some belts of tunes. Uh, and I was I was quite into boy bands when I was younger, as gay as that makes you sound like. <laughs> what do you mean? I still am into boy bands. I'm 32. <laughs> like, that's why you wear those wife beaters and that, isn't it? <laughs> but, but yeah, nah, mate, there's no comparison. But like, boys on with shit. Boys on with Ronan Keaton and like, I don't even know, was it three other fellas or four other fellas? And they, that was it. They did never do anything. So you haven't, you haven't taken that all day long yet? Yeah, yeah, and I'll argue with anyone on this podcast who doesn't have to take that over them. <laughs> and 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 if um if if you were to take the plate of someone and take that, um, who do you reckon you'd, you'd most be like? You could just slot in there seamlessly, like <laughs> you have, you have um, well, you have you have sang down the phone to me on numerous occasions for hey, what reason I don't have know. Have you seen his pictures of his uh, when he was younger? He was part uh, of Bros. I don't know why he's not mentioned Bros. <laughs> but uh, well, I Ian, not mentioned Bros. Ian. Uh, uh, Chris, oh. they been in the question, Chris. That's right. Yeah. Oh. Fair point. I, um, <laughs> no, I, I leave the brass thing alone. But if you're, I'm just going to ask you this thing because I'm just interested. Like, if you had to slip seamlessly in there and I went to take that and you know go on tour, who you, who whose place are you taking? Oh, got it. It's fucking Gary Barlow, isn't it? He's had his weight issues. Oh, he's gone big. He's gone big. All right, go on. Is he gone? Yeah, I'm going. Yeah, of course. I'm not going to be Jason Orange. What the fuck does he do? <laughs> do you know what I mean? He doesn't do nothing. Yeah, I'll be Gary Barlow because I can hold the tune and I like to be donuts. So there you go. <laughs> so it works. Yeah, happy. I'm happy with that. Uh, fair play to you. You've gone all out there. Grizz, um... Imagine Grizz in fucking say that. Grizz, I don't know if you've heard of either of these, but boys on not take that. Which one are you going for? Before Ian, I just want to answer Ian, you've seen plenty of worse sites recently, so shut the fuck up. Yeah, we <laughs> anyway... Yeah, so go on. So, I mean, this is a very difficult question for me because, like, because I'm not really into boy bands. Yeah, no, it's not that. But I mean, from what my limited. <laughs> I'm laughing here, just bands, thinking of Grizz knobbing about on a stage in the middle of a dance routine. <laughs> oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. I'm not gonna lie, right? I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you a bit, a few, a few bits that not a lot of people know, right? But I was a bit of a Boyzone fan. Boyzone are the Irish ones, aren't they? With Ron and Keaton in there. Before yeah, I get wrong, because I can spectacularly get it wrong. All right, so yeah. Just, just to clarify, Grizz, you were a bit of a boy's own fan, but you had to ask me to clarify who was in the band. Go yeah, on. this is my point. This is my point. So I don't know too... I'm not, I wasn't religiously into them, but I do remember a couple of hits from them. You know, don't tell me to reel off any, top of my head now. Right? But I do know Ronan Keaton was a fave of mine. I did like Ronan Keaton, because he's the one who said... Uh, Keating, that. mate. Keating, not Keaton, just just to clear that one up. Keating, 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 that's the one. <laughs> and uh, take that from Manchester, aren't they? A bunch of manks, so, you know, forget them. Definitely, I, I'd go with Boyzone. Yeah. Gary Barlow's a Liverpool fan, though. Is he really? Yeah. He's a Tory, though. 
Always oh, oh, he's in tax dodger as well. Tax isn't he? dodger, yeah. No, he's like Jimmy Tarbo. No wonder, no wonder you, no wonder you wanted to be Gary Barlow. Yeah, I'm yeah. on the taxis. I haven't paid tax for seven years. Yeah, <laughs> uh, edit that out. But yeah, no, definitely boys on all the way for me, definitely. Okay, and um, Jamie, I'll come to you last. Um, Take that, mate. Take that all. Take that all day. I, when I was at um, yeah. when I was at uni, at the end, they had a, a night out every Wednesday in this same club, and everyone would go. And it, at three o'clock in the morning, they'd play "Never Forget" by Take That, and uh, mm-hmm. just brings back memories, mate. I uh, I used to pretend I was Robbie Williams giving an absolute socks on the dance floor before going home with some uh, random broad. So brings back uh, good memories, mate. You know, Jamie's the only one probably can sort of. He's still part of. A, he could fit into any part, uh, any boy band, even now. You know that. It's got a, got a tune yeah. in me, you Jamie, know, Chris. Jamie be. I'd say Jamie be lethal and like you know, like the five mega mix. I reckon he be. <laughs> That's my that. jam, that mate. Put that on, and I'm away. Jamie, yeah. then you can you can you go? Let's believe it. Jamie's part of the fat back four today. Yeah, let oh, that yeah. sink in. <laughs> he's sitting there. He's sitting there with a pillow down his top just to feel. Like <laughs> I've got me Rabsy Nesbit vest on as well, lads, just to fit in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and look, we had to bring him in because Matt has gone off, as you know, um, with his boss um, drinking for a week. But it's meant to be and business. It's, it's the best Fatties were in short supply. Yeah, we couldn't get any, so we just got the the, the exact opposite. I've got a bag of Haribo's in front of me as well, lads, just to make sure that I fit in. Yeah, yeah, I won't, I won't fucking put it at the end on you. Um, <laughs> look, I'll move on, and we have... Um, it's something that, that Shawnee brought up with me the other day. Well, he didn't bring it up with me, he brought it up on, online and, and in the WhatsApp group, and it's the atmosphere in Anfield, right? And the atmosphere, not only in the ground, but the atmosphere online, um, it just seems to be always tense, always, you know, literally, you know, waiting to go off at any minute. And it was something that he brought up to me after the Seville game, that just great atmosphere at the Seville game, but you could feel the tension coming in. And then yesterday, um, I can't remember who was telling me yesterday, that they were at the game and you could feel it. Before the game even kicked off, you could just feel this tension around the ground. And I just wanted to go to you, lads, and just say, how do you feel about it? Not only in the ground, but online. Um, Ian, I'll come to you first. Is it something that gets to you that people just need to relax and and stop, you know, this tension being transmitted onto the team, you know, before the game, during the game, and then after the game, they have to read all sorts of comments and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I, I despise it. I can't stand it. Like, Twitter's good for a lot of reasons, do you know what I mean, or Facebook, but this is not one of them. Like, it just does me. I didn't. It, it's not even. It's like every. It used, it's like every game is like season defining, and it's got. It's getting even mm. worse than that now. It's like every goal. Yeah. Like, it is season defining. People can't see. Like it, it's a long fucking season. Do you know what I mean? Just relax. It does not. If you've ever played football, if anyone's given you pelters on the sideline, have you ever got any better? Do you know what I mean? You, you don't do you? you. You struggle. You 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 take an extra touch or. You don't, you, you, some people like shy away from actually asking for the ball because they're going to get shit and it, it's just counterproductive I get the frustration when we're not playing well but all this tweeting players on Twitter and 
tweeting John Henry's wife and all that. If you're doing that, you have never been with a woman. I swear to God, you just haven't. <laughs> you've never touched a you've never touched a naked breast because it's just not it's not accept, it's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. Like, yeah, it inside the ground. I've said it quite a few years. There's not enough youngsters at the game. You know what I mean? It's too expensive. So you're not getting like your little North Face scallies in the cop anymore. So you're getting like fellas who are coming up from Essex who are on like 150 grand a year. There's nothing wrong around. with Essex, mate. There's nothing wrong no, with mate, Essex. No, mate, there's nothing wrong with them coming from Essex or being on loads of money. But they don't sing as much as a lad off County Road. And that, in my opinion, a 17-year-old. No, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. It, it's, not a, it's not a class thing. It's an age thing, I think. Yeah, I yeah. sing a lot less now than I used to when I was 20. Except when I'm in with take that and that. But, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? You, have to, you I, have to save your voice for during the week. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. But, yeah, it, it frustrates the life out of me. Honestly, I only put after the game the other day, I'm going offline for three days because I just can't handle the fume. It's so over the top, like. Yeah. Now, Grizz, um, I know exactly where Ian's coming from because I, I go away from any online activity before the game, during the game, and then after the game. Um, because the highs or the, the good times are, are blown way over portion. Like Arsenal a couple of weeks ago, people were going on as if we were Brazil from 1970. Although Arsenal were bad, we were really good, but, but you had to kind of take it with a pinch of salt. And then the City game, I think, was a bit of a write-off. Um, Sevilla, there was loads of fume after it. And again yesterday uh, a hell of a load of just people giving out because I think I'm I'm fully of the opinion that they enjoy it they actually enjoy the giving out and where Ian's gone with this age thing I've heard this being said a number numerous times that people in the ground now are could be in their 50s they've seen the good times they've seen the, some of the best Liverpool sides they've ever produced and now they're watching this and it's never going to be good, for, good enough for them but when it comes to um, the atmosphere around the club just around the football being played, is it something that gets to you as well? Yeah, do you know, it's funny because you three, right, are probably three of the most, you know, normal and rational people I've communicated with on, on, on Twitter. And I've noticed that you, all three of you don't tweet much when there's a game or like pre-game or straight after a game. And, and it's true. It's what's left on Twitter, right, is extremes i found i find a lot because i'm quite active as you guys may or may not know right but i found that most of the reasonable people sort of do actually log off straight after a game or whatever because there's extremes you're right ian's nailed it there's you're either we're either brilliant after a game it's like every game is season defining every goal is dissected the you know we're all looking for a blame who is to blame for every single goal, where did the mistake emanate from? You know, there's not enough enjoyment. Now, there's all, there's all, look, I also tweeted, we can't be patronising and saying, look, there's a way of supporting your team, right? Because people take offence to that as well. It's too, I find it so sensitive. You just can't be normal. You have to be pro, like so many agendas. You have to be sort of, for example, you have to either love Hendo or you have to hate Hendo. You can't just go on there and say, look, Hendo had a good game or Hendo had a bad game. And I said something and I tweeted something like, it's always, if you, for example, if you say, oh, Emre made a mistake there, the first response you'll get from people is, what about, you know, what about X? What about Y? It's like, 
for goodness sake, you know, why can't you just comment on what happened and try to sort of have a balanced opinion? Now, people always say, look, it's only Twitter. It's not real life. What happened? You know, the team shouldn't be affected. The team doesn't get affected by Twitter or social media. But my, my question I was going to ask is always, can you imagine how many of those fans in the ground actually have, a, for example, a Twitter account? I'm sure majority do have a Twitter account. So we can't say that a lot of them carry that thought, carry that negativity into the ground, which creates this negative tension. And I was there for the, um, the Middlesbrough game, last game of the season, you know, when we had to sort of win. And, and it was the same. The tension was unbearable, you know, but that was understandable, right? Because it was the last game we needed to win. Game week four, game week five into a season and sort of, you know, the tension is at breaking point. I really don't understand it. It is really, really baffling. Again, Ian's right, you know, crowd, the sort of the, the age issue, I think there is an issue. I think a lot of people, you know, in the cop, they've got sort of season tickets from years gone by, sort of, you know, our aging and sort of, you know, the atmosphere is not, because I personally don't enjoy sitting in the cop anymore. I hate saying it. You know, I used to love sitting in the cop. It's, it's everyone's dream to sit in the cop. But it's totally, the atmosphere is, it is, it's very, very tense. And I don't know if it's because of social media or what it's because of, but, you know, is Klopp, when Klopp demands, sort of, he almost demands, doesn't he? And I think he, even he's slightly sort of stopped asking for the crowd, you know, uh, to be more patient. You know, he, he's used to sort of the Dortmund fans, where, and we've seen scenes of Dortmund fans, how they used to back his team, but do we get the same support? Does he get? The, does he feel the atmosphere is the same, the, the same level of support from our fans? I don't know. It, but the tension is, it, it's unbearable at times, honestly. But it, it's sad, right? Because we're, we're in an age at the minute where someone would rather be proven right and proven wrong and be happy. That's the you worst I mean? of it. That is so, the worst of it, Ian. You've got these Lovren haters who would rather see him fuck up just so they could say, see, I tweeted that last week that he was going to do that. Rather than uh, rather than just keep a clean sheet and then go, well, maybe my point of view was, is, is being proven wrong. That, they would rather be proven right and be miserable. I just can't get my head around that. That's the yeah, it's, thing it's, that... The, it's a, it's, an, it's an, an online persona that they want to give and it's... It's they want to make themselves look like some sort of football expert when none yeah, of them are football experts. Let's I be honest. I tweeted the exact same thing. I said, look, at the start of the season, I said Sturridge won't score ten goals for us, but I would love it. I would absolutely love it if you proved me wrong and he smashed it, and I lose my bets with my mates. And I said it. I would absolutely love it. There's nothing more that will make me more happier than Liverpool win. Fuck my opinion being proven right. Who gives a shit about you being proven right on Twitter? No one gives a shit as long as the goal, which is the, where all our goal is, that Liverpool win. But you're right, it's, t- it's totally opposite. People want to be proved right, as you said. And, and it's always the negative, the negative side of things that want to be proved right. It's never the positive, which is this shameful thing. I'll, I'll be honest. Jamie, I was just going to ask you, when it comes to this tension in the ground, and it, sometimes it's literally pre-game, um, do you think it's down to the, the selection of the team? Do you think it's down to what players are there? And the fans just not liking certain players and not trusting them? Or do you just think it's just fucking maniacs? It's either all great or all absolutely terrible I, I just think it's the, the way of the modern fan now unfortunately I think 
um, you know, I, I, when I look at the, the the people that are going to the game now, I I know from personal experience, I, I don't enjoy going to Anfield nearly as much as I used to, and and I've said this on the uh, the Monday Club with the lads. I actually started to go into away games with my mates because when I go to football, I don't go to football to moan. I go to football to escape normal life. I go to football to stand on a terrace with my mates and sing my bollocks off. I go to stand on a terrace to try and help and influence a game by being as vocal and supportive as possible because I know from my time playing that one person that that you hear that gives you that extra 5% as you're running towards the ball or makes you want to challenge harder for a header, it does influence you. And, and I looked at the, the game on, on Saturday and particularly I, I thought all our build-up play was excellent, but you could sense the unrest amongst the crowd. This is Burnley. Oh, we, you know, we're not going to, um, we're not going to score. It's going to be, going to be one nil or, you know, you could, and it, and it infiltrates through to the, to the players and you could see it in our final decision making. They weren't playing freely and footballers are at their best when they're not thinking. When you give footballers time to think or, you, or they, they're, they're aware of their surroundings, only the best will rise to the top. And we haven't got many world beaters. You could see it even with Coutinho. He was affected. He was trying too hard. Way too hard, yeah. Way too hard. So for me, I just don't understand this this modern attitude towards, well, we should we should slag them. It's Burnley. We should be beating them. Um, we're better than this. How about lads? We look at this game with 15 minutes to go and it's one all against Burnley and every single one of the people in that stadium stand up and shout positives to the team. Look at Dortmund. Why do we do that just because it's European games? Why do we decide, okay, we're 3-0 down to a brilliant team. We're going to suck that ball in the goal today. But when we go 1-0 down to Burnley, we're just going to shout at all the players. I don't understand the, the difference between the two. We're, we're part of the game. We play a role as fans in that game and we can influence the results. So if we can influence the results as, as fans, get in there and fucking influence it. Not in the negative way. Get in there and get, get behind the lads. And I, and I honestly think there's this... I, 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 don't, I, I think Grizz said before, I think there's probably a lot of people in the ground that do follow football on Twitter now. And... The, the one thing that I think has changed football for, for the worst is, let's say us, us four went to watch the game at the weekend, right? We'll come out of the ground, we're pissed off, we go to the pub, we have a moan for an hour, maybe two. Then after the two hours of moaning, we put it to bed, then we go on to another boozer and we enjoy the rest of our night. And then we forget about football. We don't go, this is before Twitter now, we forget about football and then we wait till Thursday, Friday, the next game, or you know, a uh, couple of days before the next game, and we go again. Whereas now, because of online, every single movement will be uh, will be um, uh, overanalyzed. There'll be freeze frames because what you've got to do now is drag out a conversation for a week, and this is where the problem becomes. Whereas a lot of stuff would have been brushed under the carpet. Okay, yeah, we'll be better the next game. Uh, it was annoying, but come on, let's get behind the lads. We'll move on. Everybody's looking for things to feed into the narrative that they've said individually online because they care more about the opinion of a stranger than the 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 I don't know the the actual results of a game at times. And that for me 
I just I can't get my head around. I enjoy football. I enjoy football. You know, I even t- uh, tweeted at half time. I really enjoyed that first half. I played. I thought we played some good stuff, and I had confidence that the lads were going to be able to turn it around. That's okay. But when I say stuff like that online, people go, "Ah, you've got fan. yeah, yeah you're called super fan, super fan, or you've got your head in the what sand." Or... It's it's it's, oh, it's, or it's, or it's usually it's usually screenshots James, and James then shown here. James has been talking my Twitter account because I said the exact same thing. I said football for me is pure entertainment, pure enjoyment. It's a way, it's a release from all the everyday stresses of being a superstar personality that I am. Do you know the stresses of sort of being a, uh, an ITK? You know, I, I enjoy football. It's football's there to be enjoyed and loved. And, and yeah, as, as mates, for example, Jamie said, if we go to a game, we, we go as a group of lads cheering your team on, supporters. Why are we? We are supporters. And what do supporters do? Support. We're not there to analyse and criticise their performance and break down where who's playing where and what's not. That's reserved for in the pub, after the pub, before the game. While we're at the ground, our focus should be to support them to try to win the game. And then we can have a moment. Nobody's saying that we can't criticise. Because I hate this new phenomenon that just comes out saying, well, why can't we allow... We're allowed to criticise them. We're allowed to give an opinion. Of course you are, but not when at the game and when they need you at the most... You know, The whole purpose of you being there is not to sort of sit there like sort of, you know, the old, you know, porn sandwiches, like the Ray King comment. Like, you know, you're you're supposed to be, be there to push and drive them on, you know, support them. But, you know, you get, you're right, you get called super fan. The one, um, the one that got me, um, and it's probably the first time this season it's crept in and I thought, oh, I don't like the look of this, was um, home to Sevilla, they equalise, there's still a good bit of time left. Liverpool are deliberately playing the ball between um, Henderson and the back four and they're looking to, and the keeper, and they're looking to drag Sevilla out of position so they can then spring and, and play their attacking football. And it's it's so obvious what they're trying to do. And you can hear the ground getting more and more and more upset over that 15, 20, 25 second period to the point where it goes to Karius. And the thing he should do is play it to Matip and keep it going. And he just puts it up the pitch because that's what the, the crowd are paying for. And that's where it came in. And I thought, no, that's not good. You know, um, people need to calm down a little bit here because... It's literally a panic that sets in that we're drawing or we're losing the game, and we have to throw all our all our kind of ideals out the window and just start launching long balls up the pitch, hoping to get it close to goal, and, and something will fall for us. But look, lads, you all sound very very frustrated um, with you know how people react, and and look, we all give out, we all we can all criticise, we everyone does it, but I just think sometimes we need to take a step back and go, look, it's early in the season. Calm down. If we're, if we're like this in November, you know, then we can kind of look and go right. It's just that you know, everyone just wants to suck. It seems to want to suck the fun out of everything. I, and, I, and, yeah. and I'll and I'll, ne- I'll never understand that. I think I think we're all in the same boat in that we have concerns about the type of goals we're giving away, and we look a little light at centre back. I think if we look at it objectively, Jurgen Klopp should have brought a centre back in. We should have brought a centre-back in. We all know that. Other than that, the window was great, in my opinion, but we needed a centre-back. Now, he hasn't brought a centre-back in. So, ultimately, that's on him. So, there's, yeah. no, there's no point going on about it every week, lads. It is what it is. It's not going to change till January. 
So let's just get behind yeah, the lads yeah. that we have got. Do you know, Gav, you said, you know, yeah, head stuck in the sands would be not acknowledging your problems. So I'd say 95% of fans know we have an issue at the back. 95% of the fans know that our centre-backs are weak. But what can we do about it? Is there anything we, me, you, is there anything we can do about it? There's nothing, is there, or the millions that are on Twitter or whatever there is. All we can do is pass a comment and say, yeah, we should have, but let's crack on now, let's move on. There's people, honest to God, there's people on there that every day tweet the same thing. They wake up every morning and tweet the same thing. And Ian's right. They need to get on this, what well, Ian's on, there's plenty of fish. They need to get onto plenty of fish. <laughs> and so, I'm, yeah, I'm going to segue into this now, right? Because you're not getting away with it, right? But they need to, because every morning they wake up and they will tweet, why did we buy Van Dyke? This is a load of pollocks. This is all crops. Okay, we've got the message, we've got it, move on now. There's nothing we can do about it until January and then we can have start of a moan again. But if this is going to carry on, it's, oh, it's tedious. But the thing is, though, yeah, Chris, well, like, it, it, like you look at it and you go, okay, so I was really pissed off we didn't buy a centre-back. Now, that lasted two, three days. And then I was like, right, okay, it is what it is. Now, yeah. we, we have a choice as a fan base. We look at the centre-backs we have. And yes, we have problems there and concerns. But if we know it as a fan base, do you not think that opposition fans know and opposition managers know? So how about we use the power as fans to say, do you know what, until January, the only thing that we can do that can influence this in a positive light is to get behind the players that probably need a little bit of support. So maybe try and make Dejan Lovren feel like he belongs, even if he gets bombed in January when we bring in Van Dijk or whoever. For these next few months, we need these centre-backs. And we need to give. And that's the only thing we can do. Yeah, you know that is the only thing we can do that would help the team. Nothing else will help the team. It no. might satisfy our own egos. Okay, oh. yeah, told you we needed to set back. Told you, Lovren's crap. To, who gives a fuck about, about our egos? The only we're, we're look, we call it Liverpool supporters for a reason. And yes, we can criticize a man. No one's stopping from anyone of giving an opinion. But that's it. As you said, you know, I was the same, Jamie. Pissed off that we didn't buy a centre-back. Everything else was fine. We should have bought a centre-back. Ah, oh, fuck it. Let's move on now. Let's see how we can do until January. Yeah. Nathan, yeah, I was pissed off. I was pissed off because you told me we were buying a centre-back. <laughs> but let's just... Yeah, <laughs> it's like your fucking fault. It's I all was pissed fault. off as well. It is. No, it is. I take you on board. It is my fault. I'll rectify yeah, in January. Once we've cleared out. I've only about... I've, I've less than 10 minutes left and I was going to talk about the week ahead and Leicester, but I don't really fucking care about Leicester in the League Cup, so we leave that. So as Chris has mentioned, um, Ian, you've been off having a great uh, week, um, which are plenty of fish. Um, <laughs> you've had great fun. Um, you, you've shared that book with us. Um, you've sent me a couple of pictures of some um, women and I use that term fucking very loosely. Um, <laughs> but some of the quotes were... Um, <laughs> Melted no, Welly. No, Gav, Gav, Ian, Ian, tell us what you've done when you first joined. No, hold on, before you, um, Melted Welly was used, um, another one looked like a potato from the famine. Um, <laughs> yeah, come on, now you can tell me what happened when you first joined. Mate, it's a fucking, it's a horrible place that plenty of fish. I've got a, I've got a girl mate there and she's been on my case for a while, so get on it. She's like, just get on it, get on it. And I was like, oh, and she would just go on it for a week. Do you know what I mean? Give it a whirl for a week, see how it goes. Do you know what I mean? Because 
I'm not getting any younger. I've got some grade A loins here going to waste. So I thought, <laughs> fuck it, let's have a bash. Oh, it's vile, mate. There's two sets of women on there, right? There's only two right. types. There's the really old and ugly ones who want to fucking stick stuff up your ass. <laughs> and there's a lot of there's a lot of them. One of them, and I quote, said, I would love to use you like a bar of soap. I'm still limping, but it's, uh, I'm more of a shower gel type of guy, you know what I mean? So fuck that off. And then the, 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 the other half. I just, sorry, I, just have visions of, I just have visions of you as a massive life size fucking bar of imperial letter. <laughs> yeah. Well, I that could be my next fancy dress. And then there's the other half where, the, and this has the fit birds in it, the, the, the nice girls and the all right girls, they're all in the other section. And every one of them says the same type of thing, like just looking for Mr. Right or just looking for a nice guy or all this type of stuff. And they are all full of shit. All they're after is Zach Efron with a 12-inch todger. That's all they're after. But they're not man enough, or sorry, woman enough to say. You know, they, they come out with spears like... We're just after Mr. Nice. We're just after a nice guy who'll treat me right. And I'm like, no, you're not. Because I'm a nice guy and no one's replying to me. <laughs> it's not fucking. It's a bit like some of them are looking for Brad Pitt, you know what I mean? And I'm more like armpit. I give you that. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm still an alright lad, you know what I mean? There's far, every every bird I've ever had's always been much nicer looking to me. And I said this in my tweet the other day. I said, the, and I've now put it as my bio in, in Plenty of Fish, which is probably why I'm not getting any replies. But I put, <laughs> the problem with this online malarkey is that my personality deserves a much fitter beard than my face. And no one, <laughs> no one's, no one's asked. You know what I mean? Yeah, because, you, see, you see, that's the problem. They're not even valuing your honesty. You know, they're not even looking for an honest guy. You know, um, you're being, you're being completely honest there and, and nobody's coming back to you. Jamie, um, you like to wear these wife beaters and, and look well. Um, would you give any advice to Ian as to, as to what his next step should be with this plenty of fish? Yeah, give, give me some tips, man. <laughs> the first one would be watch out for Grizz catfishing you. That would be my first thing that I'd be worried about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to do that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Grizz the groomer. Stop that. Stop that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, mate. I tell you what used to work for me back in the day. A good old game of truth or dare. Play a game of truth or dare with a couple of the girls. That that opens up the door, and you can uh, you can suss out what type of girl they are. You come across as fun, and then go from there. Do you know what I mean? Other than that, yeah. I, I think I think girls pretend, mate. They say that they want nice guys, but they don't. They want a guy that's that's got a bit of confidence about him, believes in himself. So just fucking, just give it the big one, mate. Give it the big one. I think you're a fine strapping man, so fucking start, start I'm, telling them. I'm, fuck, I'm fucking outstanding. Oh, you know what it is? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to chip it off. I'm going to chip it off, and I'm thinking... Yeah, you're fucked, you've been enough. I'm, having I, 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 I'm thinking of just running a competition on Twitter to, to find the bird who'll go out with me around town. I have an idea. Do you ever see the way people sell stuff on Facebook using the bonus ball from the lottery? <laughs> and everyone, and every, everyone buys a number, yeah. So what happens is you just get forty odd boards, throw a tenner in each, and um, whatever the number comes out, and they win, they go out with you, and you spend all the money with them. Mate, the That'd problem is that with that though, the of those forty birds on Twitter, at least seventeen of them will have penises. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And I'm not rolling that dice. 
That's not what you said yeah. before the start of the pod, mate. <laughs> mate, there's one bird, right? And she sent she sent me a picture and it just now I'm polite, do you know what I mean? So if someone says to me, Hi, I will message them back, I'll say hi, do you know what I mean? Because I've messaged a few birds on there and they haven't replied and I think, you cheeky bastard, they're not even all that, you know what I mean? But <laughs> so this this bird messaged me and I messaged them back, but then like that was it. I just went, hi, uh, whatever. But I can't get a face out of my head. It, it's like she was made out of burnt clay. Do you know what I mean? I, I can't, I'm just, I had, I'm not joking, right? I nearly had a nightmare about it the other day. Near, I, I was dozing off and she popped in my head and she shit myself and woke up. Oh, I can't get it out of my head. I should never have lied to it. Look, J- Jamie's giving you advice and um, that seems... Decent advice, you know, he's, uh, um, he's been up for ages. If, you, if you come across now, like now, you're looking... I'm going I'm to move on now, and now I'm going to ask Grizz to give you some advice. Oh, no, 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 I'm going to skip week. this because I've given, and I've told him, I've given him plenty of tips on WhatsApp, and I've told him what's, what goes on WhatsApp, or what we discuss on WhatsApp, stays on WhatsApp. So don't you start trying to entice me to tell him in front of everyone on, on, on a list, live viewing. No, I'm not talking about it. Next subject, go on. Seville. Let's uh, you know why you won't talk about it? <laughs> 90% of the stuff he tells me to do is illegal. That's why he's fucking wrong, Chris. <laughs> oh, stop. Now, well, me, getting, like, me getting women advice off Jamie is like me getting football advice off fucking Lionel Messi. It's just wasted. You know what I mean? <laughs> we're, not, we're not drinking from the same trough, are we? It's not, it's not fair. Yeah, well, I think you should put something at the end of your boy. I was saying I'm a strapping lad, and to be perfectly honest with you, I'm outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's Mate, honestly, but if no, you if no. you if you come across like you're looking, you'll never find. So just be cool about it all, and you'll you know your uh, your your beauty will shine through that and your big pipe. Oh, I'm fucked <laughs> on both instances there. Are they? <laughs> yeah, but we have um, we've a couple of lads that can Photoshop stuff and all, and do all sorts for you there. So don't worry about that. A, um, a picture of Grizz's head on the end of your helmet. Uh, imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> well listen I'm hoping you've, you have another disaster of a week I'm really sorry because I want to bring this back up next Sunday but um, I wish you the best of luck with it but lads no you know you lying bastard you want, you want me know, to get ruined every week Grace, I'm going to WhatsApp you about that catfish account let's make it happen yeah absolutely yes watch me not be quiet last five minutes I'm processing <laughs> yes, I can see a really I can see a really good periscope coming up here but look, lads, now I'm, go- I'm going to leave it there. Um, we've, I think we've ran over time, but look, we're having a good time. So it doesn't matter. Look, I'd like to thank Jamie. I'd like to thank Ian. And I'd like to thank Grizz for joining me tonight. That's been episode four of the Fatback Four. See you again next week. Over in episode three. Hey, don't forget the Johnsons are coming over. I want to find a rosé Jill hasn't tried yet. Let's go exploring at Total Wine. Their prices are ridiculously low. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, always low prices. Total Wine and more. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.